What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Heath Mulligan Project, the podcast where we're helping you discover your purpose, your passion, and your possibilities. On this season of the podcast, we've been going through the book, The 21 Indispensable Qualities of a Leader by John Maxwell. This is a companion book to his, uh, probably his top book that everybody knows is the the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. These books go hand in hand as each quality has to do uh, with one of the laws of leadership. Highly, highly recommend all of John Maxwell's books. I've been devouring them since I completed my certification as a John Maxwell team uh, coach and speaker. So let's jump right in. This is chapter 19, not only of the season, uh, but of the book. And today we're going to talk talk about servanthood. Here's a quote from author Eugene uh, Habaker. The true leader serves, serves people, serves their best interest, and in so doing will not always be popular, may not always impress. But because true leaders are motivated by loving concern rather than a desire for personal glory, they are willing to pay the price. Now, here's the thing about leadership and growth is all of these things work together. Uh, You know, one of the very first ones we looked at this season was character. Well, you could have the other 20 qualities of a leader. You don't have character. You don't have anything. And so as we talk about servanthood, again, you take this quality out, and you're going to be missing something as a leader. Now, as uh, as Maxwell has done in the other chapters, this chapter, <clears throat> no different. We're going to look at um, five qualities of an amazing servant leader. And then he's going to give us three things we can do immediately to improve uh, our servanthood, to improve our servant leadership. Servanthood is not about position or skill. It is about attitude. The truth is that the best leaders desire to serve others, not themselves. What does it mean to embody the quality of servanthood? A true servant leader does these five things. First, a true servant leader puts others ahead of his own agenda. The first mark of servanthood is the ability to put others ahead of yourself and your personal desires. It means intentionally being aware of your people's needs, available to help them, and able to accept their desires as important. I think back to that most famous John Maxwell quote, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's what servanthood is. Now this could be your family, could be at work, could be at church, could be wherever you are. Are you putting others ahead of your own agenda? The best way to get 
what you really want out of life is to help other people get what they really want out of life. And this is a hard thing. It's a hard thing. It's a part of what being an adult is, part of what being a leader is. It's part of what growing up is and putting away childish things. What, what you know, children, what's one of the first words they learn? Mine. They're very selfish. And as we grow, we have to grow out of that. We have to learn how to put others ahead of ourselves. Secondly, a true servant leader possesses the confidence to serve. The real heart of servanthood is security. Show me someone who thinks he is too important to serve, and I'll show you someone who is basically insecure. So being in ministry, I have lots of friends who are church planters. And as I have watched church planting over the last 10 to 15 years, to 20 years even, I have noticed a lot of things. Typically, if you're not a Christian, not familiar with the church, or not familiar with church planting, uh, basically when a church first starts in our current age, they have to typically rent a facility. Sometimes that's a school. Uh, sometimes it's a community center. Sometimes it's a YMCA. It, it could be different places. Sometimes it's even uh, another church's building. Um, I, I know a church plant right now, they're meeting in another church's secondary building, a, a church of a totally different denomination. It's pretty pretty unique and I and I know of Wesleyan churches that's my denomination that have multiple congregations meeting in their building and it could be um, you know ethnic uh, congregations I know in some of the larger cities you know there are pockets of communities you might have a pocket of uh, Somalians who are looking to worship together and so they so when you are starting out and you're renting a facility, you have to most of the time bring all of your equipment in. You have to set up early on Sunday morning and you got to tear down after service. And the successful without question, I mean without exception, the churches that have stuck around have had leaders, pastoral leaders, who were there for the setup, who who were there putting out chairs. Uh, there's an old uh, <laughs> Tim Hawkins is a Christian comedian. There's an old joke uh, that when someone says you have a servant's heart, it means that it's time to go stack chairs somewhere. Um. But the leader, the lead pastor is there at 5 o'clock in the morning or whatever, stacking chairs, unloading sound equipment, helping get things ready. In Now, there may come a time where the pastor, where his Sunday morning time is best spent elsewhere. 
So maybe he's not physically there. You, and when you first start a church, your team is very small. But you get to a point and maybe the pastor's not stacking chairs or, or maybe the church finally gets into their new building, but the pastor is still there serving. The successful pastors, the successful churches I know, the pastor doesn't get to the church and lock himself away in a room away from everybody and avoid all contact and have an entourage of people keeping people from them. Matter of fact, in the situations I know of, where either from the beginning or it gets to this point, um, where the pastor is not there helping serve or gets to a point where the pastor's removed from that, those churches have failed. They're no longer around. They've closed. Or the pastor has had a moral failure. It's sad to see. But it all begins with this. Show me someone who thinks he is too important to serve, and I'll show you someone who's basically insecure. That, that Man, that sums it all up. I mean, security is something we talked about, talked about recently as one of the qualities of a leader. You got to be secure in who you are and you got to be secure that, hey, even though, uh, you know, even though I might be the leader, I'm not too good to get my hands dirty and get out here and do the work. And all of these flow together. So, a true servant leader puts others ahead of his own agenda. A true servant leader possesses the confidence to serve. A true servant leader initiates service to others. You can really see the heart of someone who initiates service to others. Great leaders see the need, seize the opportunity, and serve without expecting anything in return. What I would say to you is every day, it, life is about keeping your eyes open. Do you see a need? Can you meet that need? And can you meet that need? And it's not a, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. You just do it for the sake of doing it. You doing it. You do it to help others. There are going to be times in your life where where there are there are parts of your job that people are not going to be able to help you with uh part of my job in uh church and my work at Southern Wesleyan I do a lot of video editing video editing is is solitary work it's no one can help me with the video editing. Now, they might can help me film the video, record the video. But as far as like getting it on the computer and breaking it down and getting it edited, uh, like that's a solitary job. Now, there are people that I could say, hey, can you edit this video for me? I Here's all the pieces. Here's the music. Here's all the, can you edit it? Can you piece it? Now, people can do that. And so... 
I there's a I know when I'm serving others, when I'm helping outside of my area, I'm not gonna. I know there's some things that people can help me with and, and some things they can't. But the point of serving others is not looking for anything in return. That is the that is the epitome of grace. That is the epitome of uh, unconditional love. Agape love is expecting nothing in return. You got to initiate service to others. You got to seek those opportunities. Number four, a true servant leader is not position conscious. It goes back to the whole church planner setting up. A good church planner doesn't say, "Well, I'm the lead pastor. I'm the I'm the senior pastor, and this is beneath me, and I don't because of my position. I don't have to help y'all set up." No, uh, servant leaders don't focus on rank or position. They just serve. They just love. They just lead. They don't, you know, you show me somebody that says, well, you're going to do this because I'm the boss and I've got the title. Man, you want to talk about somebody that's insecure. Somebody who's insecure only relies on their position. John Maxwell, he talked about the five levels of leadership. And that's the bottom. Is somebody who leads by position only. That is the bottom. A true servant leader is not position conscious. And finally, a true servant leader serves out of love. Servanthood is not motivated by manipulation or self-promotion. In the end... The extent of your influence depends on the depth of your concern for others. That's why it's so important for leaders to be willing to serve. Here, I want you to catch this. This is not just about serving. It's not just about, you know what, if I serve others, man, that'll get me ahead and that'll earn me respect and that'll that'll allow me to have influence with people. No. What's your purpose? You're doing that. You're not... You're serving out of the concern. All the good stuff is a byproduct. You're not just serving others because you know it will get you ahead, that you know to get it, it'll get you respect. It will. But that's not the reason you do it. You have to do it out of a genuine concern for other people and a genuine desire to help them and see them succeed. If you really want to become the kind of leader that people want to follow, you will have to settle the issue of servanthood. You're going to have to. Here's some ways to improve your servanthood. Number one, perform small tasks. Stack those chairs. Do something that's not recorded in history, that no one's really going to take note of except the person you're helping. Start with those closest to you, your spouse, children, your parents, co-workers. Find ways today to do small things that show others you care. 
one of the books that is on my shelf for 2021 is The Love Dare. I can actually, the way I've got my reading broken up, I can actually tell you what month that is. That's in May. In May, I'm going to be reading Love Dare. Uh, and this is the Love Dare for parents. They've got, you know, Love Dare for couples. and But this is Love Dare for parents. And so throughout the month of May, every day, I'm going to be given a challenge from this book, a way to show my kids I love them. And so it's just small task. It's, it's, it's the little things that make a big difference. To improve your servanthood, learn to walk slowly through the crowd. The next time you attend a function with a number of clients, colleagues, or employees, make it your goal to connect with others by circulating among them and talking to people. Focus on each person you meet. Learn his or her name if you don't know it already. Make your agenda getting to know each person's needs, wants, and desires. Then later when you go home, make a note to yourself to do something beneficial for half a dozen of those people. I think, I think uh, you know, Maxwell has a book, Good Leaders Ask Great Questions. I think, I think that's one of the keys to great conversation is and connecting with people is you have to show them you have to ask the right questions you have to get a sense of what they really care about what they really want to talk about that's one of the keys uh in you know i'm asked to conduct interviews quite a bit and there's this uh there's this thing you know you just have to know what that person cares about. And your job as an interviewer, and I'm not talking about a hard-hitting, you know, investigative interview. I'm not talking about that. But my job as an interviewer is to find out what that person really wants to talk about and tee up the interview so they can just hit it straight down the fairway. My goal is to get them to talk about exactly what they want to talk about. So that's all I need to know. What do you want to talk about? Well, Heath, I want to talk about quantum physics. You know what? I don't know anything about quantum physics. But I know people. And I know, as a matter of fact, I'm at an advantage that I don't know anything about quantum physics. Because I can't add anything to that conversation. So I just got to dig. One of my values is an insatiable curiosity. And that's not just about knowledge and facts. That's about people. I want to know what makes people tick. I want to know their motivations. I want to know their heart. I want to know their passions. I want to know what drives them. And when you when you have a genuine concern for others, even if it's somebody that is just going to be acquaintance, when you have a genuine concern for others, something wells up within you that you want to see that person living with purpose, passion, and possibility. That's what you want for them. And when you want that for them, and they get a glimpse of that, and they get a sense of, man, this person's really pulling for me. This person is really cheering me on. This person really cares whether I succeed or not. That is when the magic happens. 
That's when creativity and collaboration and productivity, that's when it all comes together. And it all starts in your heart. It all starts with a genuine concern for others. Here's the last thing. To improve your servanthood, move into action. Again, you go back to stacking chairs. Here's what he says. Begin serving with your body and your heart will eventually catch up. What he's saying is, if right now you don't have an attitude of servanthood, you have to work yourself into one. Maybe you're at, you don't have a good attitude about service. You need to find out what, where are they doing menial tasks that I can get plugged into. I try to do this all the time. You know, we do events on campus and we have to sit up and decorate tables. And I don't know anything about decorating tables. And my attitude is, uh, Emily, she's our event team leader. Emily, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. That's, my, that's the attitude I take. And my attitude is when it comes to events, my goal is to take as much weight off Emily's shoulders as I can. My goal is to serve her. My goal is to do whatever she asks me to do. No matter how crazy it is, my goal, there's no, I will do it. If I need to go get pizza for the workers, I will do that. If I need to put silverware out on, I mean, that, that's what it is. But, but what I have found is you might get there in the morning for an event or something or something and you're like, oh man, I just don't feel like this and my attitude's not right and my car wouldn't start and nothing's going right. Move into action. Get your body going. Sign up to serve others for six months at your church, a community agency, or a volunteer organization. If your attitude still isn't good at the end of your term, do it again. Keep at it until your heart changes. Sometimes when your attitude's not there, you just got to get moving. There there are, you know, there's been so many times that yeah, I haven't felt like doing something. But if you get moving and you start doing it, eventually your heart will catch up. And again, as Maxwell says, if your heart's not catching up, you just got to quit. You just got to keep serving. You got to keep loving you got to keep helping. Albert Schweitzer stated, I don't know what your destiny will be, but one thing I know, the ones among you who will be really happy are those who have sought and found how to serve. And Maxwell closes the chapter with this statement. If you want to lead on the highest level... Be willing to serve on the lowest. If you want to be a true leader, nothing can be beneath you. If you're a principal of a high school, you got to be willing to clean a toilet sometimes. I told you the story about the interview with a pastor who asked me what I would do if I came to church on a Sunday morning and the toilet was broken. What would I do? I'd figure out how to fix it. That's what this comes down to. Because if you go through life and you see certain things as beneath you, 
and and your attitude is well that's so somebody else's job you're never going to be a leader you're never going to be happy you're never going to make a difference you're never going to build a legacy being a servant leader is the heart i mean it is you know who better than jesus you know he took on the very nature of a servant he did not See equality with God as something to be grasped. He is our example. He's the one that at the Last Supper, he chooses the lowest task, which is washing people's feet. He chooses that. He takes on the form of a servant. Peter even says, man, I, you're too good to be washing my feet. And that was the point. Jesus was saying, I'm not too good to wash your feet. And if you ever think you're too good to wash somebody else's feet, you're never going to truly be who you were created to be. We were created to serve. We were created to love. We were created to lift others up. And that's where joy comes. If we were sitting across a table right now, and you told me, Heath, I just don't have any joy in my life. My first question to you would be, are you serving others? Are you serving Jesus? How do you serve Jesus? By serving others. That's how you serve Jesus. You put others before yourself. So as you listen to this, as you listen to this season, I would encourage you to write down these 21 qualities. Uh, one thing I'm going to do even after I record this, I'm going to write down these 21 qualities. I'm going to I'm going to go, I'm going to write down the 21 laws of leadership. And I'm going to put them prominently uh, near my reading area in my room. And I, I want them to be a daily reminder. I want to look at the qualities and I want to look, I want to see, okay, what quality Am I going to be working on today? What what quality? And then I'm going to look at the law of leadership. Okay, what law am I applying today? So, how are you serving others? Better yet, let me ask you this. How can I serve you? Right now, I'm working on plans for 2021 on how I can do that. Uh, we're working on some some different things, different coaching opportunities, different book clubs opportunities, opportunities where uh, I'm going to take groups of people through different John Maxwell books, or maybe you just need some coaching. And we want to provide those opportunities because sometimes you just need a set of outside eyes to come in, um, not to show you what you're missing, but to walk you through the journey of helping you see what you're missing. The the answers are already there. I'm not going to bring answers. I'm going to bring the right questions. And so if I can be of service to you, if there's anything I can pray for you about, if there's anything that I can do for you, I want you to let me know because this podcast exists and I exist to serve you.
Thanks for your support. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.